What I want to talk about today, if, if, if you have a Bible, go ahead and open it up to Luke chapter 2. If you have U version, you can pull that app out and go to our live event and search for a church project. If you need a Bible, there's Bibles right back here in the back. You can borrow one today or you can have it if, if you don't have one. But what I want to talk about today is Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. <clears throat> Some of you, this is going to be very familiar. How many of you are familiar with the Christmas story? Okay? You can raise your hand. It's okay. You're familiar with the Christmas story. Well, what we're doing at Church Project is we are walking through the book of Luke. And so we started this at the beginning of the year. And uh, we came up to Luke chapter 2, which is the Christmas story. And I'm like, yeehaw! So uh, here we are. We're in the Christmas story. And i, I got to be honest. Uh, Christmas story for me, I, I, I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. I like the birth of Jesus. I like I like the Christmas story, but I just I don't like this passage a whole lot because of Christmas. Like it, it, it has all these false things that that just come in because of Christmas. I, I I when I read this, I think of the color red and green. I mean, I think of Santa Claus and and I think of having to buy presents for people, and I get stressed out. And there's a lot that comes in in these twenty verses that just society has has kind of taught me and groomed me to be and think. And and so I wanted to throw up when I found out we were doing Luke chapter 2 verses 1 through 20 because it's just the Christmas story, right? Am I pretty cynical about this? I'm sorry, I don't mean to be cynical. But here, here's the deal. Monday, I, I really started working through it. <clears throat> And God started showing me some things through the Christmas story, through these 20 verses right here, through the birth of, of Jesus Christ. And today what I want to talk to you about is God's plans. God's plans in your life. God oftentimes doesn't do things the way we would. I don't know if you would agree with me or not. God oftentimes doesn't do the things the way that we would. I've learned in, that when I surrender my plans, the plans of Aaron Havens for the plans of Jesus Christ and what He has for me, it's always going to turn out a lot better than the, the way that I would want to do it. I've seen in my life that when I align myself with Him daily and His thinking and His plans, and I kind of hold my plans loosely, that that's the days that the world better watch out because Aaron Havens is coming. Like those are the days that my perspective is right because I'm focused on Jesus and His plans for me. Not my own selfish plans and, and looking after me, but I'm focused on Jesus. So I want to set that up and I want to read through these 20 verses and then we're going to go back and, and kind of and pick these apart. And Hopefully my prayer is this. My prayer is not to um, just teach you some intelligible things today and, and you leave here going, man, that was a great lesson and you have your, your action points and all this. My plan today is to whet your appetite for Scripture. That's, that's all I can do. I prayed, and, and we had men here today earlier praying, <clears throat> that when you came, the Holy Spirit would be here and be teaching you the Word and the strength of the Scripture. So, I'm going to be pointing out some things, and I hope that God is teaching you some things as well. So let's go. Uh, I'm going to read these first 20 verses, and then we'll go back through and, and pick them apart. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while, I don't know, was governor of Syria. And everyone went their own, to their own town to register. 
So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. In verse 5, he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him um, and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, I bring you good news. That will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and laying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those to whom His favor rests. When the angel had departed them and gone into the heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this, this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Verse 16, So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was laying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. So, these 20 verses. Let me restate what we're talking about today. I want to talk to you today about God's plans for our life. And oftentimes, God doesn't do the things the way that we would. Every misstep that happens throughout our day is an opportunity to hit pause and to see God moving in our life. When our Franklin Coveys or our Google calendars don't agree with our reality of how our today is going, you know what we should really do? We should smile and trust that God is doing something different in our life than the way we would do it. I think about Mary. I think about Joseph and this story right here. And as we looked last week, Mary is, is pregnant with a Savior, Jesus Christ. This is her firstborn son. And she's told to go from her hometown to another city. Do you think she's happy about this? Do you think that she would plan to do it this way? Oftentimes in our life, the greatest moments to see God move are the moments that make us mad. Would you, would you agree? The flat tire that we weren't counting on? We could get mad. Or maybe that's an opportunity to see life and experience life differently. The unplanned event, the unusual event. These are great moments, moments to remember to sit back and watch God move because He's in control of our life. We're not. And so that's just us personally. And then I, I think about the people around us that we encounter every single day. People that we know and the people we don't even know. You know, like that grandma that has a flat on the side of the road. You've seen her. 
or that person that's going through a hard time today, whether you know them or not, you've encountered them. And the question is this, have you pulled over to help change that tire for grandma? Have you helped that person see that this problem isn't so grand and so big and something they can't overcome, but more an opportunity to take life and to enjoy it and to learn from it? See, Mary, life was not going the way that she planned, I have to assume. Yet as we read this story, and as we begin to unpack this in a little bit, we're going to see that those are often the best moments in life. The moments that has us saying, God, what are you doing? I'm thinking, me as a father, I I purpose to teach my daughters this incredible truth about God. And the truth is that God's in control of our life. Whether our Google Calendar or our Franklin Covey or whatever says it's going to happen today, that's just God's gift if it actually happens according to our plans. And so the great truth I want to teach Zoe and Audra is that God's really in control of our life. And when He's in control of our life, it's so much better. Last week, because I'm just such an incredible dad, I'm an awesome, awesome dad. I don't know that I would do this, parents, but I do stupid stuff like this all the time. I went and I took Zoe and Audra out of school for a date. I'm like, when, when's your worst class, the one you don't like, the one you're failing? Math? Okay, cool. I'm going to come take you out of school. You don't need that class. But remember, I'm a college dropout, so don't, don't, don't pay attention to me. But what I did is I really messed with their schedule that day. I mean, there, there was a schedule, there was a preset time, school, there was, there was all this stuff. But Dad shows up, unannounced, calls Zoe, calls Audra out, you know, one at a time, two different times, and pull them out of class, and they come up, and like, what are we doing? I'm like, date time. Woo-hoo! They're starting to get to know this pattern a little bit. I, you know, they're taking advantage of me now. But it's because I love them. I really love them. Sometimes I want to take their schedule, and I want to shake it up for no other reason than it's time to shake it up. For no other reason than that day when they didn't know that date was coming and I could pull them out of school and they could get out of math and they could go to, you know, eat at a restaurant and go buy a hamster. Why did we buy a hamster? I'm not sure. But that day, that that was a bad idea. Bad idea. No, they love those hamsters. That day shook them for a little bit. Just a moment in time. And as a father, if what I could begin to do in Zoe and Audra is say, you know what, our plans, yes, we want to work hard, we want to do it, we want to be diligent, we want to be faithful and stay in school and not drop out. Like, we want to do all these things, but there's times when God is going to do something different in our life, and it's He's doing it, whether it's good or bad, to shake us up. And to say, I love you. I love you. The question for us today is will we let God mess with our schedules? Mary had a schedule. Will we let God mess with our schedules? Shake it up and show us how much He loves us? Or are we so determined to do life on our own that we don't have time for that? time for that? How many of you have seen that YouTube? That's an awesome... you got to go see that YouTube. You ain't got no, no time for that! That's a good... I should have shown that this morning. you got to look that up, man. This lady's apartment's on fire. She comes out. I ain't got no time for that! Man, we should have shown that. Can we show that now? Nah, we should have planned better. Sorry. I want to begin to unpack this. Just these, these verses right here. Um, 
what I want to do is take these first four verses, and there's no need to, for me to read them. But what I want to point out to this is um, there's two things that really jump out to me when I study this, when I studied this this week. And, and I hope you're studying it and you'll leave here and you'll study it. But out of these first four verses, there's two things that jumped out. And, and, and it's prophecy being fulfilled. It talks about they had to go to Bethlehem. Joseph and Mary had to go to Bethlehem. And that prophecy comes all the way from Micah chapter 5, verse 2. Way back when. When the prophets were like, this has got to happen. He's going to be born. The Savior is going to be born in Bethlehem. And so here we see Luke unpacking and showing us in these first four verses that prophecy is being fulfilled. We talked about a couple weeks ago that God's promise is always going to... He's going to do what He says. Then, now, and in the future, He doesn't change. Everything remains the same about God. He loves us. He holds His Word true. And so we see in Bethlehem, when, it, when they have to go, Mary and Joseph have to go, God moves all time and space. He has the most powerful man, the Caesar, say, Hey, world, come here. And Mary's like, why am I supposed to come here? I've got the Savior in me. I'm staying here. And, and, and God even used the world to get Mary to Bethlehem to fulfill the prophecy of Micah chapter 5, verse 2. There's no links that God will, won't go to to fulfill prophecy. I love that. And then the, the second prophecy I see in here is that why do they have to go to Bethlehem? Because that's Joseph. He's part of the house and the line of David. And the prophecy spoken to them is that the Savior would come from them. And that's in Isaiah chapter 11 verse 1. So those of you that really like to go and just see prophecy and, and how God speaks and how He fulfills it, those are two great passages that you can line up the Old Testament and the New Testament and just praise God for how He keeps His Word. Love those. Now I want to go to verse 5. And we're going to look at verse 5, 6, and 7. Let me read it real quick. So, He went there to register with Mary. Joseph went, went to Bethlehem to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to Him. They're, they're not even married yet. They're, you know, they're, they're great. They're, their life is just, wow. They're not even married right now. And, and it, Anyways, we talked about it last week. We don't need to get into that. Where are we at? I got confused. Here we are. Okay. Pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. Verse 6. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. I want you to look at this story through Mary for a second. And we kind of we alluded to this a little bit. But think about it. I ain't got no time for this. Like, I got to go to Bethlehem now. I'm pregnant. And for those of you who are married and have had a child, especially the firstborn child, there's structure to this. It's not just, hey, we're going to go have a child. Like there, there's, there's structure to this. And Lauren, my wife, we, we had structure, and we're still pretty loose, you know, our schedules, and that eh, we'll kind of go with it. But even Lauren and I, we had incredible structure. Like the baby room's all set up. Anyone set up the baby room? Okay, the colors picked out, like everything's ready, the baby blankets there, all the baby wipes, which are the best thing ever, are right there. I mean, everything is structured. Friends are set up, you know, so I make one phone call, they make another phone call, and everyone suddenly knows, you know, we got all that. Uh, Mary probably even had an appointment to get her nails done the week before at the local salon. You know, she's like, she's planned, she, she knows what she's going to do, and then... And 
And then suddenly they got to go away. And she's like, God, this isn't my plan. What are you doing? And I believe Mary in this time, she's already been told that she has has the Savior inside her. I'm getting proud. I'm like, whoa, anyone else got the Savior inside me? You know, and, 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 and I'm thinking Mary is probably going, my baby deserves better than this. Then to go on a trip right now and to have a baby somewhere else, I've got the room set up, I've got my friends, I've got my families, I've got everything. See, but God is doing something here that she can't see. He's fulfilling prophecy. He's bringing a Savior into the world in the way that He wants to that gives us so much hope. And we're going to see that hope in a minute. But just think about Mary. It's not going the way that she planned, I imagine. Now think about Joseph. I can really relate to Joseph. He's thinking, okay, I've saved my vacation time for after this baby's born. I don't got time to go right now to Bethlehem. Why is the government making me go to Bethlehem? I only have 10 days vacation. I'm going to use it after the baby. Okay, Joseph is thinking this. He's saving. I've saved all my money for diapers because I know that they're crazy expensive. I don't have time or money to spend this money to go on this trip 70 miles away. I don't have time for this. He's thinking, a donkey? Pregnant fiancé? 70 miles? No thank you. I mean, he's planning. He's he's getting real articulate here. And right now I'm thinking that Joseph is thinking, all my planning is messed up now. God, what are you doing? Mary's not happy. Joseph's not happy. What are we doing? God, what are you doing? I want you to think about your life right now. Have you ever asked God, what are you doing? Like, serious. You can't be doing this to me right now. And I'm thinking even Joseph. He's going, and as a man, I can really give a point to this. Halfway through the journey, probably 35 miles into the journey, I'm thinking, I am a complete failure. I can't even let my fiancé give birth to her first son in a good place. It could happen on the side of the road. Seems like everything I touch messes up. I can't even do this right. You ever been there? But there's a bigger story that's happening right here. Jesus is whispering hope to us. And He's bringing love to this world like no one's ever known. And we're going to see that story in a minute. Let's get to verse 8. We're feeling like Mary. We're feeling like Joseph. Get to verse 8. They're shepherds. They're in the field nearby. They're keeping watch over their flock at night. An angel shows up. And he's like, hey, don't be scared. It's all good. He says, don't be afraid. I'm bringing you good news. Pause. The gospel means good news, by the way. I'm bringing you good news. That's not only for you, it's for everybody. Because today, the Savior is being born. And you're going to find Him in a manger. To shepherds. They were the first ones that God chose to whisper to. Why do I think the angel went to the shepherds and not to some royalty People of honor and power and money. Why? Because Jesus is doing things different than I would. 
Like, if I know I'm bringing the Savior into the world, it's party time. Bigger than the prom we're going to have next week. Like, it's party time. And Jesus knows this reality about us today, about you today, in the year 2013, whatever day this is, He knows this about you. He knows that when He whispered to the shepherd, He was whispering to you, to the normal person, to the plain person, to the ordinary person, to the person that's messed up, to the person that needs love, to the person that's just out watching the, 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 the flocks, just the one out there. You know, just a normal guy. Just a normal lady. And he's speaking to the shepherds, the normal people. And he's saying, I'm bringing you good news. Church, God has brought you good news. He's brought you the gospel. He's brought you His Son. He has thrown hope, Roland, can I say that? Hope into today into our life. And we are just normal people. That is so exciting for me. And I look at the shepherd's point of view now. I look at, in verse 8 it says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flock at night. And this is for those that really want like action steps, if you need action steps, okay? The question is this, are you at watch? They're doing their job, they're out on a normal night, and they're at watch. They're watching. They're watching for, um, you know, all sorts of stuff. They're watching for danger. They're watching, this is summertime, so I don't know how the whole cycle of sheep go, but maybe there's like little sheep popping out, you know, I don't know. You know, they're watching for danger, they're, they're watching over their sheep, they're just generally watching. That's their job, is to watch. And while they're watching, what happens, an angel shows up and begins to speak to them. I wonder in our lives, how many times we've been out sleeping instead of watching. And God wants to show us something. He says, you know what, go about your normal day. Go watch your sheep, go care for them, go protect them. Go about your normal day and do it very diligently. Be very good as an employee or employer in, in the jobs that I've given you to do. Go out and do that. And one day, I may actually show up as an angel and show you something, but be watching. Christian today, right now, where you sit, are you watching for the hand of God in your life? Are you watching? As you go about your day and you're caring for the sheep and you're going to the bank and you're going to school and you're doing your life, are you watching for God to move in your life? I wondered if the shepherds were asleep if they would have missed it. It's a good question. One of the most peaceful times that, that I had was working at Colorado Springs Airport. Not a busy airport, but a big airport. Now I work at nights. And sometimes in between flights, I would just go out to the runway because I love lights. Have you ever seen airport lights at night? And it's beautiful, just the rows of green and red. And I mean, it's beautiful. And I'd walk out on, on, onto the runway so that weren't being used. And, and I would just kind of sit there. And in, in the dark, I would see the lights. I would, I would see the stars. I would see Colorado Springs lights. And I would just sit there. And this is man-made stuff. And I'd be like, this is... Awesome. Just so peaceful. I'd sit there for 30 minutes just watching planes land and take off and just being in that moment. And I don't know what I was watching. I was just watching. In your life, are you watching? 
and okay just watching. Because in that moment, I wasn't doing anything at the airport. I was just alive. Is that okay? Just to be alive? Not doing anything? Not finding our identity and what these hands do, but just being alive in that moment and watching? When was the last time you just sat and watched and waited and hoped and prayed that God would show you something really cool? Let's go to verse 13, 14, 15. And the shepherds are there. Angel shows up. Hey, good news, don't be scared. In verse 13, suddenly a great company of the heavens host appeared. Now I'm, I'm, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm running, I'm scared. I'm like, suddenly a great host of heavenly hosts appeared to the shepherds out there, and they're praising God. They're saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those from whom His favor rests. When the angels left them and gone to heavens, the shepherds said one to another, to each other, <laughs> we better go to Bethlehem. Like this isn't normal. We better go to Bethlehem. I'm thinking if I'm a shepherd, the word suddenly, you know, all the angels showed up, my night, everything's just kind of, it's a lot to take in. I'm thinking, man, God, how come you didn't tell me like yesterday you were going to do this? Because then I could have hired people to come watch my sheep and stuff. I could have got my affairs in order. Uh-uh. Sometimes when we're watching, God moves suddenly. An angel of hosts came suddenly. What about in your life? When God moves suddenly and He shows you something on the instant, and in that moment He begins to speak to you, are you like, yeah, God, I got it, but I got to go get all my affairs in order. Like, I, I can't go to Bethlehem right now. Like, cool, but I'm, I'm going to pass. How many great moments have we missed because we weren't ready to go, as we'll see here in verse 16. They hurried off. Oh, I've missed a lot. And when I hear about this, them just watching... I think it's, it's kind of a cool little, little story here. It's like this, what's happening then and what will happen to us in the future. And I mean that by Mark chapter 13, verse 35. You can write that down if you want. Mark chapter 13, verse 35 says this. And this is for our future, people. Therefore, people, Christians, therefore, keep watch because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back whether in the evening or at midnight, or when the rooster crows at dawn. You don't know. Christian, church, we never know when God's going to return. And our job is to go about loving God, letting Him love us, telling the world about this good news, and all along, watching. God, how are you moving in my life today? And is this the day you come back and take me home? Do you long for that day? I do. Some days I get so homesick to a place I've never been. And as Christians were told, the shepherds had no idea it happened in an instant, and the Christians were told in the future God will return in an instant. And are you ready for that? Do you know Christ Jesus as your Savior? Have you given Him control of your life? And are you watching for Him moving in your life? 
And are you watching for His great return? Man, you guys like this stuff? And when we begin to open up Scripture, chew on it, study it, research it, apply it, pray over it, like we did on First Wednesday, it changes us. You can go about Scripture subtly and try to get all intellectual if you want to. But you're missing so much practical goodness and love and God's greatness and teaching and all. Study Scripture. And I look at verse 13, 14, 15 and I kind of say this. Find where God is moving in your life and join Him. That's a good good thing just as life in general. Find where God's moving in your life and join Him. And I say that because of verse 16. Let's look at verse 16. It says this. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was laying in the manger. When they had seen Him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. We'll stop right there. What did they do? They hurried off. They saw where God was moving and they joined Him. If they would have stayed on that hillside with their sheep, would they be where God wants them? No. Were their affairs in order? No. Suddenly, instantly hurried. They they saw where God was moving and they moved and they joined Him. I'll speed it up. Verse 18. And all who heard it were amazed. What does your Bible say? Huh? Amazed. Amazed. All who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Does it say in here, just my my perspective, does it say in here, all who heard it and believed that this was true were amazed? What does it say? All that heard it were amazed. You know, this whispers some incredible things about our lives. Oh, it's good things. When we're watching for God and He moves in our life and we're aligned with Him and we're, we're loving what He's doing and He's doing some cool things in our life and He saves our marriage, all who see that He saved our marriage will be amazed whether they believe in God or not. When our life is aligned with Him and we're, we're just in love with Him and to the point where that chemical addiction is broken, all who see that that chemical addiction is broken in our life will be amazed because they saw the hand of God move in our life, whether they believe in Him or not. Do we need more illustrations? We can take these illustrations throughout all of life because when God is moving in our life, people will see the hand of God in our life and they will be amazed whether they believe in Him or not. And the good news about this is because they're amazed and though they don't believe in God, they will begin to listen and they will begin to watch and they will say, this is good news and maybe I should pay attention to this Savior. Yes. Verse 19. And I want to end on this, of course. But Mary treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart. All this glorious, big, world-changing stuff is happening. A Savior is born for the world. But Mary, she cherished these things, pondered them in her heart, Oh church, oh Christian, 
Mary realized that Jesus, He wasn't the Savior for the world. He was her Savior. Her personal Savior. And sure, He's everyone else's as well, but He's her Savior. Can you get selfish in this passage? I give you permission to get selfish in this passage. Does God love the world? Yes. Is there a lot of pain in the world? Yes. Does that hurt your heart? Yes. Do we want to do something about that? Yes. But we can't bypass that God is our personal Savior. And when we have that good news in our heart, and we have that message of hope and love, And when we begin to hold on to the promises all throughout Scripture that God crafted you with your hand, He loves you, He's got purpose for you, He wants to give you hope and life and joy and happiness, and He just wants an intimate relationship with you. When we begin to grasp that individually, we can't help but celebrate it personally. Because He's alive in our heart, and in our mind, and in our action. Oh yeah, and then the world can get the rest. Because He loves them just as much. Don't bypass your own relationship for the sake of the world. Come alive, Christian. Come alive. And it will ooze off of you. It will. And when people see God moving in your life, they will be amazed. And they will want to know more. Close your Bible. Shut down your version. We need to think on this, man. This is good news. This is good news. We were dark. We were in despair. And we needed hope. And suddenly God showed up on the scene and tells each and every one of us, I love you. You. Ordinary person, I love you. You are my child. And I want us to think even upon this. We we talked about it. Where do you see God in these scriptures? What is He doing? How has He shown Himself to us? What difference does that make in my life? And when my plans don't happen the way that I want them to, do I get mad? Fight, kick, scream, punch the cat. Or do I realize that this is a great opportunity for God to shake things up, take me on a date, buy me a hamster, show me His love, move all time and space to fulfill prophecy, to make me a better person. Can that flat tire in the car actually make you a better person if you have His perspective? Because there are God moments. There are moments that we wouldn't plan. Mary, Joseph, the shepherds, no one planned these moments. In an instant, God moved everything to show them how much He loved them. In an instant, God moves our days, our weeks, our months, our years to show us how much He loves us. The next time 
your schedule or plans get changed, interrupted, I challenge you to take the perspective of life instead of death. God says He came to bring us life, not death. We can get mad, frustrated, kicking and screaming, or we can choose to take the perspective of life and say, God, you're good even in the moments that make me mad. And I know you're doing something good in this moment right here, right now. We're going to get into a a beautiful song. Some of you may know it. Some of you may not know it. The words are powerful. If you let God in this moment continue to speak to you, some of you are going to want to talk about this Savior. You don't know who He is. You're like, I've been living life on my own, and it basically sucks. I would love to tell you some good news. The news that the angels told the shepherds that night. I'll be over here. I'd love to talk to you about that. Others of us in this room, man, the Holy Spirit, God, our hearts, I mean, our blood pressure's up. Like, God's doing something in us. He may be calling us to action or maybe just to fall on our face and praise Him and say, God, I'm sorry I've tried to do life on my own. I need you. God, please forgive me of this. Ask Him to reveal Himself to you, to begin to heal you right now, to love you right now, to mold you right now. For some of us during this time, there's communion. And we're going to go over there and we're going to worship God with communion and remember what He's done for us and celebrate that He died on a cross for us and He's paid the ultimate price, the good news for us so we can have hope. Some of us, it's we're sitting in our chair and we're just basking in God's love. Some of us right now, we're going to stand, we're going to raise our hands, we're going to clap and say, God, you make beautiful things, not junk. And you've given hope to me, a normal person. Thank you, God. Thank you. There's commitment cards on your chair. I would encourage you, if you're a guest, fill out your information. Leave it over in our offering basket thing over there. We want to stay in contact with you. More importantly, on the back, it's prayer requests. What's God doing in your life? How's He moving, especially in this moment? Maybe you need to talk to a pastor later this week or something. That's a good way to let us know what God's doing in your heart right now. Bottom line, you can leave here in a minute the same as you came in, or you can leave here madly in love with God, full of hope and the good news. And I hope the latter is what you choose. Let's stand and let's let's sing, let's praise Him. Let's be very real and vulnerable in this place. Say, God, you are hope. You are good news. You are the hope. Your joy, your life, your love, your everything. God, we want to align our lives with you. Please accept our words as praise to your name. You are everything.